The track you just heard is titled Spring, and that's off of the latest album, one of the latest albums from Amy Cammy, my guest today. It's a little more of a traditional Amy Cammy track, Spring is, but uh, stay tuned. Right before the interview, we're going to play a little more abstract track that she worked. Uh, she worked with an international violinist, which she'll talk about during the interview, so you're going to want to hear about her. There will be many samples of Amy's work throughout the show. Uh, as with all conversations with Calcaterra music shows, it's a longer show. There's a lot of music. There's just, just a lot to soak in, so candy for your ears. Check it out. Story's great. Music's great. Our philosophy of the show is it, it gives a platform for people you've never heard of, names you've never heard, stories you'll never forget, music that'll just fill your soul. So that's a, that's one of my goals with the show, and we've had, a, we're on, this is our, our 15th show, 15th episode, and, uh, you know, we have a, a good group of CWC alum, and a, a new feature that I want to add is we'll have a little news portion where we'll talk about some of those people, and Facebook the other day, I, I had posted on Instagram, a photo of Brant Wilkins from episode number three. And Brant had received a lot of likes and came back and thanked everybody and said, oh, I don't think, you know, I didn't know that many people, you know, really followed me and yada, yada, yada. And one thing Brant mentioned uh, to to his to the people that liked his photos, he is he has a special during the week at the Captain Walt Inn and uh, at their Market Street guest house. He's giving a special during the week for up to eight adults, two nights for just 500 bucks. So $500 for both nights. He's extended this special to Conversation with Calcaterra listeners. So check that out. You can find him online uh, on Facebook, Captain Walt Inn. Check out his website. Check out episode three. You can look in the show description on SoundCloud and find out more about him. Ben Sturgill also, uh, a few episodes ago, he's continuing to kick some butt, coming up with new music, working with other artists. He's working with an artist named Matt McClure. Also with Ben, we just released the fifth video of the Conversations with Calcaterra session where it's raw, stripped down at Creative Caffeine Studios. You can find that on Ben's YouTube. You can also find a link to that on my YouTube. So go to Ken Calcaterra. You can find that link through kencalcaterra.com. Or you can go to the SoundCloud page, and all the links of my social media are there. So check that out. I'll give you a reminder of that in a moment. Stephen Walden, he has a, a show coming up very soon. This uh, this episode, it took a little while to get out, but his show is going to be at the Third Degree Glass Factory, and it's going to be on display until April 13th of 2016. The premiere is March 18th of 2016. So if you hear this and you can get out to that, check it out. I'll also put something on the Conversations with Calcaterra Facebook page and put that out. What else? What else? So you can go to uh, find us on Facebook and, uh, you know, like it. But more, most importantly, if you could sign up for our mailing list, and there's a button for that right above the photos. So if you're familiar with Facebook, look for the photo section right above it. You can look... Uh, you can you can sign up for the mailing list and get continued updates to what I'm up to and, and what the alum of the show are up to. So it's good times, and I'm glad to have you all listening and glad to be able to put out this word of just some, some people who are doing great things, who are, are friends of mine and who I, I care about. Speaking of, the Listening Room Cafe is celebrating its 10th anniversary right now. You've heard about this, and 
Listening Room Cafe is owned by Chris Blair, who has been one of the guests of the show. Check that episode out if you haven't. Some great stories were shared in that, and uh, listen to it. It'll give you a chance to, to learn more about Chris and his wonderful venue. Check out their webpage at uh, listeningroomcafe.com and uh, plan your next trip soon. So artistic expression and healing is one of the themes of today's show. And when I think about this, I, I think of my chiropractor, Dr. Mark Holland. He's a fan of art. And, uh, you know, maybe we'll get a, get him to commission something from Stephen Walden, you know, maybe a unique piece for his office or, or something for his wife, Michelle. Um, you know, Stephen's work is very bold and vibrant, and it may not have the calming effect that, uh, that usually Mark Holland goes for in his offices. But uh, Dr. Holland, he's been helping patients at four of his St. Louis area locations for the past 14 years, and spinal health is important to him. And he's always happy to give a consultation for free. Well, well, there's a catch in exchange for a donation to Operation Food Search. So he's he's always doing charity work, and he also he also has a lot of contests for referrals. And, and maybe that's where we we put uh, put forth a signed Stephen Walden print, and uh, Dr. Holland can can uh, raffle that off for those who give him referrals. So you find Dr. Holland online at mystlouischiropractor.com or at chiroandrehab.com, and then you can find some of his locations and see how he can help you with your spinal health. And maybe we can get Dr. Holland to play some of Amy's music in his office for his patients. They were on a panel. I had some panels for my my documentary project, Disease. And both Amy and Mark were on a panel, so they know each other. And uh, I'll have to talk to Dr. Holland about picking up some of Amy's music and see about what it would take to play it in his office. I think it would be great. So Amy classifies herself as a spiritual harpist. And spirituality is, is a big part of her life. And, of course, her music is a huge part of her life. And really giving the listeners, her listeners, something that provides a calming effect, something that through pilot studies, it's been proven to alter brain waves. It's really amazing. Really, really, really amazing. You can go to her website, amycami.com, and you can see the studies. You can see the photos of the brain waves and how it's affected the brains of the listeners who were going through the therapy at the time, were listening to the music, whose brain waves were being monitored. It's, it's really an amazing study. Now, I've experienced just some of the sessions, some some of the times hanging out, Amy and her husband John often have just gatherings, gatherings where spirituality is discussed, just music, philosophy, just really great times. And I've experienced some of the most calming times in my life and just, just this immense relaxation while listening to Amy play the harp, while listening to John speak. He has just a very, very deep baritone voice and... Um, just a cool guy. I'm gonna I'm gonna get him on the on the podcast at some point, and we'll interview him, and you can learn a little bit more about him. But it was they're a great team, and it was an amazing experience. One that I just kind of felt the energy and and saw the light, and just you know when we look into you know one of the things that John Vlasich talks about, who's episode two, is spiritual guides or spirit animals, and I I saw something like this. And so it, it's a pretty intense experience. And when we when we have this and we experience this ultimate relaxation, it allows for a lot to unfold within us. It may be a situation that we're looking for an answer. 
we're praying for an answer. And when we get into that that more intense relaxation, with that, it's a meditation. When we get to that, that point, it allows us to connect more with God. It allows us to have these answers unfold. And, and whether you look at God as a source of energy or whether you look at God as this person, the, the, the best within us comes out when we're relaxing, when we're meditating. And this is something that is true of Amy's music and, and really it's a great tool to help us discover this. Amy is not only a composer and just amazing harp player, award-winning harp player, she's also an author. She she has penned Loving Life, All of It, A Walk with Cancer, as well as another title, Compassion and Consciousness. She's also contributed to a few books, one being The Spiritual Significance of Music, the second being Love, Live, and Forgive. Her CDs are used in hospitals, cancer centers, hospices, nursing homes, and with military veterans, as well as just for general relaxation and stress reduction around the world. So I've, I've spoken about this, and I really, really feel it. So you should check this out, too, and, and let me know how what your experience is with it, and let Amy know as well. Social media is great for that. Uh, as one woman once said to her, you touch others in such a deep place with your music because it comes from such a deep place inside you. For more information about what Amy has to offer, check out amycami.com. You can also follow her on social media. She has a Twitter, which I'll link that in our show description, as well as her Facebook. So follow her there. Check out her website. Follow me on social media. Links to all my social media you can find at soundcloud.com backslash Ken-Calcaterra. Or go to KenCalcaterra.com, which right now it's uh, we're going to have a new look soon, so I'm happy to announce that when it's done. Here's another track from Amy's Nebula album, more abstract. It's really cool. Good evening, Amy. You have uh, you're here with great news. Tell uh, tell the listeners what's been going on. Well, this has been a very busy year. We've already released two new CDs this year. The first one is called Compassionate Reflections, and those are meditations for self care, serenity, and hope. And the second one is called Nebula, and that is a new CD with a phenomenal violinist, Asuka Kaneko. So we've been very busy. That's wonderful. And with meditation CDs, I mean, I think a lot of the listeners know, they know me, so they know a little bit about some of this. But for somebody that doesn't, that's just getting into this, what what would you define a meditation CD as? Well, for me, I've been a little bit resistant to guided meditations because it's just in my personality. It's like, I don't want anybody to tell me what to do. (laughs) So, um, the irony is this wonderful friend of mine, she was doing guided meditations years before it became popular. And she used to work in hospice. Her name is Marty Solar. 
And four years ago, we recorded some meditations and they have just been waiting. And the beauty with Marty's technique is it's very gentle. It's very inviting. There isn't a directive. It's more of a, I wonder if you can imagine kind of suggestions. And it was spontaneous and they were beautiful. And so this first one is for self-care. It's really for people who are um, taking care of other people, you know, the, the nurturers. And this meditation helps them to release some of that sense of responsibility and really fall into the arms of Mother Earth and just surrender and receive that love for themselves. And then the second meditation is for serenity. And that's more of a let's go into some nature setting, um, which is a familiar theme in meditation CDs, um, to just, again, relax and unwind. And then the third is, it's a very, um, it was a surprise for us, this third meditation for hope, because it began with a very heavy energy. We both had family members and friends going through some really rough times. And so we kind of met them where they were. And I feel like a lot of people who are dealing with depression um, or deep anxiety, who just have a hard time getting out of bed in the morning, this meditation starts there and helps them take that first step and remove that first layer of heaviness. And it gently walks them out into the day and into the sunlight. Um, And eventually into the love that they are. That's wonderful. So that would be something that in the morning I put that on and with headphones, is it best to listen to this with headphones or with speakers near the ears? What What's the best way to listen to a CD like this? Because different things with brainwaves, a lot of times having it in your ear so it's directly you're getting all the frequencies is the best. What would you recommend to listeners that would pick up pick up that uh, guided meditation disc and listen to it in the morning so they get the most impact from it? Well, everybody has their own unique style of listening. And for this particular meditation, I don't really feel like it's a necessity to listen to it with headphones. With a couple of my other CDs, I would strongly suggest if you can listen to with headphones um, to do so. But with this one, you know, if it's just in your space, if you can listen to it on your computer or on a stereo system or... You know, however you listen to music, just to have it in your space is a, is a wonderful way to just start the day. So that would be an individual preference for this particular CD. Yeah, it's really cool. Now, one thing a lot of people may not know is, is relaxation CDs are great. They relax you. But we, we, you talked about the brain waves, and there's, there's more to it than just relaxing. Relaxing helps the brain waves. But talk about the science behind it. And this is something that's been pretty big for you. In, in the history of your of your music, your repertoire there. Yes, it has. Um, it's something that we started looking at really over 14 years ago. Um, I recorded a CD for my dad called New Love Awaken to Yourself. And that was the first CD that really um, stepped me into kind of this awareness that music is so much more than just entertainment. And the pilot study that we did with that CD, we looked at the brain waves and learned that it actually increased the alpha frequency in four minutes. And so the alpha frequency is that 
brainwave that when it's active, you experience kind of the daydream. It's a relaxed state. The beta waves are faster. They're a higher frequency, and that's more the cognitive focus. Um, the high beta waves are the, the worry, the anxiety. Um, and so what I learned through some of this um, really just trial and error and um, learning from Dr. William Collins, who was the gentleman who actually did some of these pilot studies for us, was that to truly relax the brain, we want to address the alpha waves and the beta waves. So we want to increase the alpha and decrease the beta. And so that really, something lit up inside of me when we first started doing this. I was like, okay, there's more here. There's more here. What was cool about New Love and my stepping into this sound healing world way back when was there was something that was gnawing at me. It was like, what's underneath that music? What was the inspiration for that music? And I did not write those pieces on New Love. They were written by New Age piano artists. I just played them on the harp. So I didn't know what inspired that music. So during all of this, I was looking at my fears of what is keeping me from listening to the music that's inside of me. And my head, because I'm a classically trained harpist, my head said, Amy, you don't know enough theory to write your own music. Well, that was a story (laughs) because I did know theory, but it was my excuse. So as I really started getting inside, literally, when I sat down at the harp initially to start playing without paper, without the music, I could not play two notes together. (laughs) Literally, there was an ensemble of wonderful musicians that we were all working together. It was harp, flute, violin, and cello. And we got together and we're like, okay, let's use our instruments like our voices. So let's pretend we're at a dinner party and let's just have a conversation. Oh my gosh, Ken, I was frozen in fear. I could not play two notes. And it was like, oh, what is this? But what broke for me was a conversation I had with an architect at the opening of one of the emergency rooms here in St. Louis. I played harp as background music. And this architect, we were talking, and he was a singer. And he said, I love music. I love to sing in the choir. And yeah, music's just a language. And something inside of me was like, wow, I'm an infant at learning the language of music. Even though I'm an excellent harpist and a wonderful musician and I'm classically trained, I was an infant at communicating through the language of music. And so I reflected on, wow, when we are infants, we learn to speak Mama, da, da, mama, we're just playing with the sound. And then we say a word, and then we say an incomplete sentence, and then we learn to communicate our needs, and then we go to school. And years later, we learn the theory of our language. We learn the nouns and the verbs and the structure. So I had to just give myself a break and say, Amy, you're an infant. Be, be there and be okay with it. 
So I just started to doodle and I call, I still call it doodling because in my classical training, if I call playing without music improvisation, then that means, oh, if I'm improvising, then I must know what I'm playing and I must know where I'm transitioning to and what's my chord structure that I'm playing and all of that that goes with that theory of improvisation. And I didn't. So I doodled. And I still call it doodling. <laughs> and it opened. It opened something. And what happened during all that time, it was like around 2001, I started doodling. And then 9-11 happened. And I was doodling this really sweet melody and our boys they were young at the time and they asked what what's the name of that song it's like I don't know it's just a doodle and they named it I will always be with you and I went in our bedroom and here come all the words and it was the first song that ever came through and it it was beautiful and so it's just you know it's about to being comfortable with not knowing. Yeah, first I thought, is that that Whitney Houston song? <laughs> That's I Will Always Love You. Yes. I was like, wait a second, I know be, that title. That would be great if it was a big hit like that. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> I don't know how that would work with, with your music. Oh, yeah. I mean, th- there's some good... Vo- now, so now, you have some some of your your music, you have vocals, others, different instruments, some solo harp. What well let's get back to before we go into that what was what was that first CD or the first so I will always be with you was on which was that a so a single yeah that that was a single and we actually turned it into a children's book um, my husband's um, daughter Alyssa Schultz actually illustrated the lyrics into a beautiful children's book so that is an independent um, separate CD book set. That, that sounds available. amazing. And is that something that's available in your catalog? Can it they get is. that on your website? It is. It I have is. not seen that one yet. This is a new story for me even. Yeah. That's wonderful. I'm going to have to check that out. When you're lonely and your heart aches, I will always be with you. When you're laughing I will always be with you when the sun comes up each morning when the stars come out at night when you look up at a So then after that, so you had the, the single in the children's book, and then what was the next evolution? Well, during all of this exploration into my fears and learning the language of music and the doodles, I was really deeply going into myself, and my husband, John, is just such a spiritual mentor, 
and together we were exploring um, just deeply within ourselves. And he he's such a gifted visionary and messenger, and he showed me these ancient healing chants. And he was able to describe how those chants were used in these the ancient crystal healing chambers so as he gives me the picture it's like we connect energetically and i started to hear the music this music just started to wake up and it literally sang me from the inside it drove me crazy (laughs) so I would hear these melodies when I was driving, when I was doing dishes, doing laundry. So we just scheduled a a recording session to get them out of me. And that recording session... um, Sounds almost like an exorcism. It was almost almost an exorcism. Um, And the irony is we almost lost this music because we walked out of the recording session with just a sample audio... And we held on to this CD for two years because we didn't know what to do with it. I would listen to it and I could feel stuff going on in my head. I had no idea how to describe it. We would have people listen to it and it was like they couldn't move their bodies at the end. So we didn't, we just kind of held on to it because sometimes the music comes through and then we just have to wait until the right time. Well, in the meantime, the studio closed. And we lost all the masters. Oh my, wow. <laughs> so That's the only, a, what a nightmare. So we only had this audio um, CD that we had left initially. And we work with an engineer here in St. Louis, Adam Long. Just wonderful. He's a masterful. Um, yeah, no, Adam, Adam's great. Adam yeah. is awesome. Yeah, so, he's won some Grammys with different. Kind a lot of his theatrical productions on Broadway that he's recorded. Yeah, he's, oh, he's, he's a gem. He is. And so... Um, he and John worked on this music, and that is what became The Magic Mirror. And The Magic Mirror is a 23-minute CD based on these ancient healing chants. And we actually did more pilot study research, um, brainwave, measuring brainwave. And well, bef- before we go too much into that, let's mm-hmm. play a little bit so the audience can hear that. Okay, and that then, sounds great. Uh, yeah, they'll get an idea, and then we'll go into the story on, on how it affects the brain. Perfect. So yeah, that's just a great sample 
of just a piece of what I mean. It's imagine listening to twenty three minutes. It's yeah, that just takes you to another place. It does. Um, for me, I just go unconscious with this music, and it is a journey in and of itself. What I love about the Magic Mirror is you don't do anything. You know, there's there's nothing for the listener to do in order to experience the profound physiological impact that this music has. You just listen and it takes you there. And that's the great thing with meditation and what even more so with this music because it's it's hard to meditate. It's hard to shut the mind down and just get into the gap. I mean, I, I, I've been meditating a while and it's it's hard for me to really slow my, my mind down. That's why I like to listen to your music and mm-hmm. other things that I have that I've picked up over the years. And I've just kind of, I don't know why, but recently I've just been away from it. But what, so getting into that state, what does that, going back to the brainwaves, what you're talking before, what, what does that do to us? Because a lot of people just think it's going to sleep, but it's, it's a lot more than that. Right. Well, the... The beauty of having the pictures from the QEEGs is that we can actually see a pre-measurement because what we did is there were four cancer patients going through chemotherapy and Dr. Collins did a, and this is all pilot study, okay, so this was not published, um, but it was very profound for me to actually see the impact. he measured four patients pre, you know, before they listened to mm-hmm. it. Then they took the CD home and listened to it once a day for 10 days. They returned and had quantitative EEG done again. And what was indicated is that every uh, neurological, imp- the processing tended to normalize. So it's not that everybody's alpha frequency increased or everybody's beta decreased. It's they all received exactly what they needed. Nice. And so it wasn't an across the board, it did this. It did what it needed to do for each individual person, which for me, it makes total sense because the energy moving through this music is, was inspired by these ancient healing chants. So the music is just a highway. It's not that this particular key did something. It's not, and this is my perspective. It's not that this particular tempo did anything. Um, There was no intentional creation of this music because I did not have an intention as to what I desired the outcome to be. And a lot of musicians do, and that's fine. But for me, this was a pure clear expression of the music that wanted to be expressed and the listener the listener actually feels that and that vibration sympathetically resonates within the listener's system so they get exactly what they need and we also did saliva sample pilot studies with 17 different people where we would take a sample of saliva on a cotton, excuse me, on a cotton ball, and then they would listen to the music, and then we would take another sample, and then at 24 hours, again, something was happening with the immune system at 24 hours, and we wanted to see a little more, so we repeated it. So we took the sample before, 
they listened to the music, took the sample after, and then 24, 48, and 72 hours later, and it was showing a sustained impact on immune system biomarkers for up to 72 hours after listening to it once. So that was such exciting information. But again, we were ahead of the curve. I mean, this was happening in 2003, 2004, so like 10 years ago, we were looking at how music was affecting the immune system and the brain. (laughs) And now it's like a really hot topic, um, which is great. I'm glad it's reaching into the collective consciousness. And I'm so thankful that people are really exploring in more depth the power of music and sound. So I've seen the images from that just at different times and different talks that we've had and and some things that we put out there that we worked on together. Where can, is that still available where the audience can see that and look at the images? Because I think it's very powerful and seeing is believing and and looking at those illustrations. Absolutely. um, Or the photographs. It would be amazing. Where where can they see that? If they just go to my website, which is amycammy.com, I have a link right on my welcome page. You'll see the picture of the magic mirror. And just click on that, and then you'll see the video from one of our events that we had um, showing Dr. Collins talking about the different images, and there's also graphics there, and people can purchase it. You know, my dream has always been to gift this music to newly diagnosed cancer patients, and that's the irony of kind of my life, <laughs> my life's journey, because my first very, very first cassette tape that I recorded was because a family friend was going through hospice. And my second CD that I recorded for my father was to help him after prostate cancer surgery. Well, the Magic Mirror CD then was, we did the pilot with cancer patients. And then I was diagnosed with breast cancer in 2000, uh, when was it, 2010. So it was almost like my whole life was preparing me for that moment within my journey so that I could actually listen to my own music for myself and really receive that gift so that I could really truly believe it and trust it. Because it's different when you see things on the outside or people are telling you all of these amazing experiences that they've had with my music, whether it's they listened to it during cancer treatment or a family member transitioned listening to the music or their baby was born with the music playing. I mean, the testimonials and the oh, people just share their heart with me and part of me just could not open up and receive it. And so one of the many gifts of my journey with cancer was to be able to receive that for myself. And then that can be difficult when somebody is a giver to, to open up and receive. Would you say that that was you before, <laughs> yeah. before the cancer? So yeah, and a lot of people, I mean, with with cancer, it's one of those things that a lot of times everyone just sees it as a physical thing. And granted, with the if we look at the water in Flint and things like that, I mean, you could see how horrible our environment has become and what our food is. 
but there's this so much the psychological level and just what we're going through and that's what we we met when um my work in progress disease a documentary that i'm putting together um it's just one of those things when we get into that state and and i'm still even though i know a lot of these things it, it's too easy to fall into it and just not finding our passion and not finding that or being a giver and i think i think that's one of my I don't want to say weaknesses, but that's an area that I need to realize that I need to balance that out. Because at times when you just give a give a give and give, and then it's just you just deplete yourself. And then I think that leads to depression, at least with myself and other things. And then that, of course, your immune system gets hampered. And then those that cancer I see as a symbol, that's a symptom or it's a signal got to get my words. So we talk about vocabulary. That's what. That's why this podcast, it helps me get my words, <laughs> work on my vocabulary. But yeah, it's a signal. Our body's saying something you have to change. And then it's not saying that stop giving, but... Give to yourself. Yeah, give to yourself. Absolutely. So yeah. So what, what did you... How did you... So when you dealt with that, how, how did you start giving to yourself to to overcome the, the cancer that you were dealing with? To, to listen to your body and change things up so then it can heal well i knew that my diagnosis i mean from day one i knew it was a spiritual journey for me and i actually received the call on january no december 30th and we were having a pre-new year's eve open house and here all these people were coming in and we were sharing this news and everyone, it was like, oh, on some level, this made sense because my dream was to gift the music to cancer patients. And I wanted to walk my talk. I didn't really feel like all right, it's, it's a literal thing. It was like a cosmic joke. Mm-hmm. But I took it very, um, I knew that it was a time for me to develop a new relationship with my body and with my fears and with my dreams, and with everything that was keeping me from being fully who I am. And so every single step was done with that spiritual awareness. And I actually wrote a book about it. Um, It's called Loving Life, All of It, A Walk with Cancer, Compassion, and Consciousness. And it is a reflection of my beliefs, the life lessons that I learned, that I still continue to, they all, they impact my life tremendously even today. And we learn, I mean, we should be learning until we're, we're done. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's something I have to, have to realize that, yeah, yeah, I don't know everything and I, I'm going to continue making mistakes and it'll just be different areas and just to let it go mm-hmm. so this is kind of therapy in its in its own right speaking <laughs> with you well the whole the whole journey for me the first time took nine months so it was literally a rebirth for me Every, wow. everything was very yeah. symbolic it's very um again it was a very spiritual journey and it helped me get back to me to the i am within me um there is some beautiful photographs that we took during this process and we call them the I am photos and they're part of the book and they're on my website and it was really just a an opportunity to be totally 
open, no makeup, no hair. <laughs> and in the be- and actually the magic mirror was playing during Oh, that's wonderful. During the photo session. And ironically, that magic mirror was like a red carpet for me because every part of my cancer journey, the music had already connected those people for me. Mm-hmm. So I could just make a phone call. And I had a surgeon from one air, one hospital. I had an oncologist from another hospital session. I had the radiology from another hospital. <laughs> so I had I had really handpicked my team based upon the connections that the music had provided for me. So again, just magic everywhere. So at that point, when you finished your your chemotherapy and and they said you were cancer free, yes. Then what was, I mean, what was the next step from that? Was it did that inspire new music? What yes, what it, happened there? It absolutely did. Before I was diagnosed, I think it was before. Um, again, my husband inspires so much of the music that moves through because it's literally our spiritual connection that awakens this memory. And for me and for both of us, that's what this music that moves through me if it has an intention, it is to help us remember because it is inspired from such a deep place and it just moves up. It's not something that we create with our heads. So he was showing me this ancient myth called Dana and Ningal, and it's a Mesopotamian myth. And it's about the daughter of the lady of the marsh, Ningal, falling in love with the moon, Nana. And the essence of the myth is Ningal has this love, but is afraid to express it. It's very metaphoric, most of us. And it really, it's about how, how do we manifest our dream? And so she dreams it. Then she develops the courage to express her love. He reciprocates. And then the gods see this love but they're hiding. They're hiding in the marsh. And so the gods are like, we're going to cover the moon for three days because this kind of love should not be hidden, which again is metaphoric. Our, the love that we have within ourselves should not be hidden. So when the myth, Nana comes, takes physical form, goes to Nengal's house, um, she recognizes him, the mother recognizes him, and Nengal finds her voice and says, hey, you're the moon. You need to be responsible for, for what you're responsible for. You know, you bring in the tides. You help set the time. Do your stuff. And then I'll marry you. That's a very simplistic form. The whole myth is on my, is on my website. So he does. And they get married. And they um, move to the city of Yore. And so they have this big celebration. So this myth is moving. And I hear music. So we go into the studio and we record the CD Dreams as a solo harp um, CD. And I listen to it uh, a lot of times when I'm at home practicing yoga. So Perfect. It's, it's a great background. It mm-hmm. just it's powerful, yet it's it flows. Mm-hmm. It's um, it's a little serene. It's, I mean, there's so many layers to it, which is so beautiful. Well, the layers are actually what came after the cancer because that CD as a solo harp um, product was done, I don't know, 
several years ago. But we, but we have always seen it. John has always seen this as a theatrical production. It's a ballet, and definitely, and it's it's oh, very theatrical. It's and so we'll, visual. We'll play that in a moment, but yeah, it's just. And John and I have talked about it before, and myself mm-hmm. with my background, and and he being having a television background as well, and being very visual. Yes, it's just yeah. When you when you hear it, it's just, what what is this a score to? Well, so. We shared this story with one of my neighbors who happens to be the conductor of the Town and Country Symphony Orchestra, David Peake, and we shared it with him a, a while ago. So at the end of my radiation treatments in September of 2012, I don't know. I don't do time very well. That's all right. It's relative. <laughs> anyway, it was in September. He says, oh, Amy, by the way, we have scheduled your music your CD for our March concert. I'm like, David, I don't have anything written down. That CD is a solo <laughs> harp CD. I didn't, I don't write things down. I go into the studio and it comes through. So, so let me back up for just a moment. In 2000, 2010, I did a concert at the chapel and it was the first time I had played all my original music. And that ensemble that I love, the harp, flute, violin, and cello, ensemble. It was Michelle DeFabio Fiorino, Natasha Rubinstein on cello. Michelle played violin. Natasha played cello. Um, did we have Margaret Bayanchetta on flute and harp flute, violin, cello? Yeah, those four. <laughs> they were willing to improvise their parts their voices for the dreams cd so this is before it was recorded this was it was solo harp and then they and then what i improvised did, based on what you had yes had created oh, yes nice. so i just kind of i was able to give them kind of a structure a little bit and we knew that their instruments represented the elements so the cello was the earth the air was the flute the violin was the fire and the harp was the water. So they were they were so gifted and they just fell into the energy of those voices and they played. And it was an improvisational moment, magical. We were able to videotape that. A week later in that year, we performed that once again for Gitano Productions. They had um, a sacred music day and we recorded it then. So I had reference points of the voicings for these elemental energies as it moved through these gifted musicians. So when David Peake came over and said, oh, we've scheduled your piece in March, we fell back into their expressions as a starting point for those voicings. And I had never orchestrated anything before, and it, I did it. Nice. And it it comes through very well. It's amazing. And it's just, it, I just listened again. It, they, it wrote itself as I fell into the voicing of the elements, the energy. It was, it was just magical how it all happened. And then I was able to pull it out for full orchestra. And it was performed. So, 
after that performance is when we went into the studio to record the Dreams Chamber Ensemble version of that CD, and that's available. And it seems to be a great way to do it because you have all this feeling, not only from yourself, but from your collaborators, which is pretty amazing. Yes, yeah. I'm so blessed to have been connected and to be connecting with musicians who are just, they're soul mates, they're soul sisters, um, because most of them at this point have been women. And, you know, a lot of musicians, they just crave that, that moment when everything syncs up and they're in the flow and it's like magic. And if a musician can experience that once in their life, it's like, what? That's, that's like the goal, you know, for a lot of musicians. I feel so blessed because if that's my norm, I mean, if I'm not connected like that, um, there's something off. There's something not in alignment. So, yeah, I feel really, yes. really blessed. And, and the title you use for yourself is Spiritual Harpist. When did you come up with that? Well, actually, that was an, a suggestion that John gave me because for a, a long time, it was Healing Harpist. And like years and years. And there was something that was like, well, all right, Healing Harpist. What does that mean? I can't heal anybody. You know, that's... Uh, so it resonated for a while and it was easy and it was identifiable, but it's so much, it's so deep right now. Where this music is coming from, it is so deep and it is a spiritual expression of, of who I am. So about, I don't know, six months or so ago, six or seven months ago, John was like, you know, Amy, it's, it's more than healing. And he said, it's spiritual. It's like, you're absolutely right. Great. And so you had mentioned that you play at a lot of spiritual type events, the chapel being one. That, that's a, a venue in St. Louis. Have you played or do you have any plans to tour with this great music and, and bring this to others outside of the St. Louis area? Or, or have you done this? Um, I do um, have plans to do that. <laughs> The, the music keeps evolving. So last February, I was on a concert produced by Gitano Productions called Faces of Love. And the featured musician for that event was Asuka Kaneko. She's a violinist. Um, she's from Japan. She's a European touring artist. She's a phenomenal virtuoso. But she lives in Kirkwood. <laughs> <laughs> so it was it was so perfect because when she's home she's with her family she's not playing music but we hooked up and so now she's playing music so she's now she's playing music <laughs> Which for, for a good reason that's great yes i love it so what happened we we met in february i had a concert scheduled we had an opportunity to perform together in april we did and that collaboration, something broke open inside of me. It was like, wow, 
wow, wow, wow. I couldn't put words to it. I didn't know, but I just knew, take a break. So I really didn't play music all last year. Things were, other things were priorities in my life. And music was way in the back burner. But I knew, we both knew, that when she got back in, in December, we would get back together. And when she returned from her touring, we met. And it was like wildfire. We started writing music. Um, we knew we had to get a CD done. We have a concert scheduled April 10th in Jackson, Missouri. And it was just, it was magic. And we finished, we did the recording, we did the mixing. We did everything that needed to get done on a, on the Friday. And then she left for Japan on Monday. <laughs> so it like worked up to the, up to the minute, but it's done. And that's now um, we have Nebula, which is the name of the CD. And it is now available as MP3 downloads from CD Baby. You can find links from my website and her website, which is askakaneko.com. And I have links from my site. Good, and I'll put that on the uh, on the show page. Beautiful. So they can just click with that. And we'll have actual CDs available um, in the middle of March. Well, let's hear a little bit of that collaboration, and then we'll then we'll get back to talking about what's next. Sounds great. Over the years, Amy has taught students to play the harp, and she's a very passionate teacher. Uh, she rocks the harp, but, uh, you know, it may be drums or guitar or, 
something else you want to learn or you want your kids to learn. If that's the case, you should have them check out music lessons over at Dale's Music in North St. Louis County. Dale's also offers piano, flute, clarinet, saxophone, and vocal lessons, all which would be a perfect complement to Amy's harp. So you can find out more about lessons at Dale's as well as equipment repair and other offerings by calling Greg Smith at 314-895-3403. Kevin Blumenkamp is an American artisan based in eastern Kentucky, and his specialty is metal, primarily precious metals, but he's also into blacksmithing. And one of the signatures of Kevin's work is moving parts, and he's able to engineer his pieces at such a small scale with this these, this intricate design, and it's, it's like I stated, engineering. It's pretty amazing. Also, he's crafted wedding rings for numerous people, and I'm sure he could create that one ring to rule the world for all you Lord of the Rings fans. I mean, he's an amazing guy, so he could create something cool. I know Amy and, and her husband, John, who's one of my spiritual mentors, are, are into custom jewelry. They have created some pieces that show their spirituality and some of the things that they're they're doing some of their own projects they haven't met kevin yet and i hope to make the introduction which i I think would allow them to collaborate on something just a unique piece which would help them celebrate their spirituality it'd be amazing if you're looking for a piece of fine art which you can wear something that uh something that's one of a kind that shows the one of a kind being that you are then give kevin a ring and Start start brainstorming. See what he can create for you. Kevin Blumenkamp, incredible incredible collaboration so that's just meeting someone of that stature somebody that has been touring and just a great musician like like you had stated it's amazing she this international musician that lives in kirkwood missouri i know who'd have thunk it <laughs> that's well that's that's amazing and then we have another great musician right here that's doing great things and it's just a matter of time before we see you out there what Anything else about Nebula that the listeners need to know? Because I, I want to talk a little bit about just the performances as well, but I, I don't want to just jump away from this unless unless it's a good time for that. Right. Well, Nebula is special because it's different than what people are used to hearing from my CDs. There's a lot of energy in Nebula, and for me, that's also healing. You know, up until this point, it's just higher energy because you, your your other disc and your your other albums have good energy, but it, this is and I have only listened to a few tracks, but it's it's just 
more intense? It's it's rich. It's a richer kind of the harmonies are rich. Um, Asuka is so gifted in her ability to basically put sound to color. When she was young, she would practice violin in the fields and her mother was an artist. So she's a very visceral kind of musician and she has perfect pitch. So she can hear the nuances and the chord structures. And so this music is um, harmonically different than all of my other music. And it has different, it's like, it's very visual. And there's a lot of different pieces within one piece. So it goes from maybe an introspective and then it blossoms out into this richness and then goes back inside. So it breathes. And it's, there's a lot of energy in her violin playing. She does so many different kinds of effects and has to vary a lot of different styles of violin um, that I'd never heard before. So that adds another layer of, of, you know, sound experience. So the music itself is just, for me, it was just took me to another level. And we're excited to start scheduling concerts. Like I said, we have one in Jackson, Missouri on April the 10th. And then we're going to be working with her European schedule, um, you know, to find out when she's home to schedule these other places around here. And then, yes, we do plan to take this around the country because she would love to stay here mm-hmm. in the country, you know, in the United States. That's great. And I think that people in the United States need this and I think they'll really enjoy it. So a majority of your music is instrumental. And then you have one of your albums, Tender Mercies and, and the voice, the way it's used in that can be, is in fact, another instrument. It is in Nebula. Asuka actually does a couple vocals but again, it, they aren't words. They're not English words. She mm-hmm. uses her voice as an instrument. Well, explain um, how that contrasts with, with what you've done with, with Nebula. I mean, with uh, Tender Mercies. Tender Mercies. All right, so Tender Mercies evolved because um, I was doing a concert series at Mercy Conference and Retreat Center, which really happened several years ago. The seed was planted. Um, several of the, the nuns used my music in healing touch session. So they knew about me. And so they called me and said, Amy, we'd like to do a concert to help heal the earth. I'm like, I'm in, (laughs) let's do it. So that just led to a beautiful relationship where we did a series of concerts at Mercy Center in their chapel, celebrating the solstices and equinoxes. So it was very inspired by nature and the natural cycles. And those concerts were um, they were each different. One was with Jessica Gooden of Hauser, who's a phenomenal vocalist. She was from St. Louis, um, lives on the East Coast now, but she, you know her energy is just so bright. And, um, and, and, and I just brought in different musicians to, depending on the season and what the theme was. So the Tender Mercies was actually created out of necessity because I have a Christmas CD Um, called Christmas Love. It was a solo harp CD. But we wanted to record this concert. And because of copyrights, I couldn't perform um, music written by other people without paying the licensing rights. So that put me in a position of, okay, well then make your own arrangements, Amy. 
And that's what we did. So I've always wanted to take familiar songs and like drop underneath to the a different essence of the energy. So for example, O Come O Come Emmanuel. Oh, it's, that is just such a longing kind of, oh, just surrender, come, O light. So this arrangement that just came through starts with this cello, boom, 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 boom. And it's, it's hauntingly just pulls you right into that space. So we performed this concert with harp, flute, violin, and cello. Um, Monica Godby was the cellist. Uh, Michelle DeFabio Fiorino was the violinist. Wendy Hines was the flautist. And Patricia Scanlon was the soprano vocalist. And this music was just a journey. You could not hear a pin drop. And it was all about, it was a journey of compassion into ourselves. So we did some arrangements of traditional Advent songs, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, Silent Night, another little prelude to Silent Night called In the Stillness of the Night came through. We did a very joyous joy to the world um, about the light coming. We did a new arrangement of the Lord's Prayer that had actually come through on um, Father's Day several years prior, John actually heard the words and I wrote the music and it's this beautiful new arrangement of the Lord's Prayer. We also recorded um, or we performed and recorded um, some of the original songs that I had written like in 2002, 10 years ago, called, um, well, the I Will Always Be With You is on this CD, Live Your Love, All Things Are One, um, so it's a it's a comp, comp, compilation CD that takes you into the compassion. So it's not a Christmas CD necessarily. It's a CD you can listen to all year round, um, but it does have some of those familiar Advent melodies. Mm-hmm. But hopefully, there's a different relationship that you can have with the with the music now through this th- through these arrangements. So yeah, I, I saw these or heard these songs performed live and it was, yeah, it was very beautiful. And it was just the energy in the room. It was just very relaxing and it was like you had stated a journey. So it was sacred space. It was beautiful. Yeah. And this CD is actually the audio from that concert. And it was amazing that it was so quiet. A lot of times when you try to do a live recording, 
um, you know, somebody coughs or something happens, nothing. And once again, Adam Adam worked on this, correct? Yes. Yeah. Adam yeah, actually did. works on all of our music. And he does an amazing job. I remember talking to him after that, and he had everything set up, and just he just does such great work. And live music, I think, is something with him that maybe that's his forte. He's just he's just so good at capturing something live and really bringing out the essence of it and just just making it like you're there. So yeah, I encourage everyone to check out this album. It's just a, a wonderful experience. Yeah, he's an artist. The the only last thing I would love to mention very briefly because it was a, again another new experience of just expression is one of my dear soul sisters her name is Janice Jaffe. She is a sound healer and she does crystal bowls. She's from Bloomington, Indiana. Again, we met her at a conference mm -hmm. out of state, but she's a jazz singer as well. So she has this tremendous um, control and versatility within her voice. So we've done several different concerts and events here locally and workshops. So she calls me um, because a friend of hers had written a book called The Atlantean Legacy, and they wanted to create some music. So we go to Bloomington, Indiana, and the, I graduated from IU, Janice graduated from IU, and the author graduated from IU. So it was it's a little homecoming. A little homecoming. Yeah, nice. So we set everything up. Um, Janice's son is an audio engineer. And so we just connect into the energy. John was there. He helped to like connect into that ancient place as well offering some visuals and we read a piece of the book and then here comes the music and that was a collaborative experience and expression like just recorded one take here it is and there's a whole cd of harp crystal bowls toning and it's called musical inspirations from the atlantean legacy and that's available from my website as well. But it's a very um, rich experience. Yeah, there's so many great things. And I encourage everyone to go to your website, Amy Cammy Harp. Oh, we, I'm It's just amycammy.com. I'll start over on that. I read the wrong thing because I was going to give your social media. No good. So you guys have so much to offer on your website at uh, amycammy.com, and I recommend that the listeners go check it out because there's they could spend a lot of time there and just have, an, have a wonderful experience. And also, you're on social media. You have uh, on Facebook, Amy Cammy Harpist, and then at Twitter, Amy Cammy Harp. So I hope that everyone listens to this and is able to follow you on social media and connect and, and just converse and just interact I, I, I would love to see that because you're doing such amazing work and and I know that you'll come up with something else that's going to be great as well and <laughs> you're going to tour and you're going to put this out so it's yeah we have two incredible. more CDs already coming down the pike one is called eh, I figured I figured you guys yeah, would have yeah, something yeah. we already going. have a CD recorded on my baby harp and um so that's going to be very fun it's the next it's the next one coming down the so I already started work on that. Well, that's wonderful. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Amy. It's it's uh, a pleasure to talk to you and hear about this this new work and to be able to share it with other people. I really appreciate it, Ken. Thank you. You're welcome. Mm -hmm.